0: Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We are your Tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hi, hey guys. Hi, hi. How you doing?
1: Oh, you know, doing great. Are you? Are you? <laughs> we just did shot roulette, which is basically where we each surprise each other with a shot and poured a shot for each other it was a fun game it was a fun game i yeah. was really nice to whoever Lindsay's, i poured shots for lindsey's feeling picked on is so what she's trying to say was not nice mm-hmm. to me when they poured mm-hmm. shots for me you
0: know what full disclosure i would have picked that for anybody
1: so um Boydson, what'd you pick for me first yeah uh-huh. Uh-huh. and sarah would you pick for me second tequila <laughs> yeah just straight <drink. laughs> so i'm feeling great uh we all
0: had like you know we all had liquor in the shots
1: Uh uh-huh uh-huh i had straight jaeger and then straight tequila right after that and i didn't know what was in either one of them so i just downed them all in one gulp and
2: you did a great job great i'm feeling great (laughs) <laughs> Feeling great with your cork She's been giving us a silent treatment ever since we it's did that. It's so true. Because right
1: before I took the shot, I said I was nice to you guys. Were you nice to me? And Boydson just lost it. And I knew that <laughs> I was headed for trouble because she poured mine.
0: <laughs> um, I gave you good tequila.
1: It was good tequila. It went down too smooth.
0: Yeah. See. Oh, and you're welcome.
1: Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going out for you. I did say thank you <clears throat> for the Jaeger. <laughs>
0: I'm going to be honest. I don't know what kind of liquor you like. You, you've taken all of them. I in like it. vodka. Okay. Get to know. I
1: like vodka.
2: Note to self.
1: I do not like rum. Don't give me rum. I don't like rum. I shouldn't have admitted that just you now. You did not get rum. I, I love gave, rum. I gave Boydston rum. Mm-mm.
2: Rum's much smoother than vodka, in I my agree. opinion.
1: I just don't like the flavor of rum. What?
2: It's like islandy. Yeah. I don't like, I like, like
1: it. I don't like coconut. Um, and so I feel like a lot of drinks that have rum in it have coconut. and Maybe that's why it's ruined for me.
0: Lame. I love. I love rum. Mm. I love all of those coconut drinks. I like vodka. All the things. You know what we should do? We'll do yeah. a vodka roulette next time. Ooh. Ooh.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm down. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Um, I need to tell you guys a story, and I can't believe I'm actually admitting this on the podcast, but I've had two shots now, so. Let's hear it. I feel like the world hour. needs to know. Okay. Maybe you guys can, can understand and, and tell me a similar story. I'm hoping for that.
2: Um, I hope that for you too, but I have a feeling we're just going to I have laugh a feeling
0: it's going to be a no. Anyhow, you know how we've all been wearing masks, right? Yes. Yeah, tons and tons. And
2: at work, I
0: wear these like paper masks all the time. And I always complain that these like fibers are tickling my nose.
1: Yes, I feel that. Yes, too. Okay. Sure, sure. So
0: in my office by myself, I go like, I like wipe my nose like this, right? Right. And I tug. I tug on something. You guys, it was the world's fucking longest nose hair (laughs) out of my nostril. It was a fucking Rapunzel (laughs) nose hair.
2: I have the solution for that. What? Did you pull it out? One fucking
0: singular nose. I know what the solution is. And yes, I have seen my nose hairs. But what? You guys, this was like this. Who fucking didn't tell me? Did you
1: pull it out?
0: Of course I did. did And I thought of you because...
1: You thought of me when you pulled out your (laughs) nose (laughs) hair. What?
2: I would think of you too, Lindsay.
1: (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. Thank you. Was it because you pulled out my gray hairs? (laughs) Is this payback for when you pulled out my gray hairs?
0: No, but that
2: does feel like karma. No, it was because... (laughs) So while you're laughing, in the in full disclosure While
1: oh, you're laughing <laughs> it's gonna take a while to recover.
2: I have Mike wax my nose hairs. Oh. Do you, have you found one wrong one? Legit I,
1: never wax my nose let hair. Let me
2: tell you, they stick out unless I wax them. In really? fact they're sticking out now. I can I can pull on them. <laughs>
1: I've never had a problem with my nose hairs. Lindsay, hair? I'm trying
2: to tell you, you might.
0: I didn't think I did until <laughs> I'm
1: like messing with my nose. Until hairs. I went
0: like this and I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? You I pulled it out, it was like that long. It was like an inch. Okay. Oh. I'll wax yours if you wax mine. Okay, deal. Okay. I thought of you because <laughs> oh, I thought, how me- how long has this been here? Nobody's told me.
1: Mm. <laughs> I've never looked at your nose hair. I'm sorry. Well, you wouldn't.
0: I mean, nobody would say. I mean, what are they going to be like? I'm a terrible friend Excuse for never me, looking at your nose ma'am? hair. Your fucking nose hair. Your Rapunzel nose hairs your hair is hanging out of your hair. don't we
2: get that close to each other? To where we see nose hair. You hairs. could have
0: seen it from here. Okay. I don't. I,
1: I've never noticed that Boy sin has long nose hairs. that She has to wax. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. All I can say is it's a blessing I've had to wear a mask
1: for the waxing
2: kit comes a waxing can come with sticker mustaches and I think those are pretty fun
1: <laughs> oh my god! does it hurt when you wax your nose hair?
2: actually no it's not that bad okay do, like you, do you put my it up eyebrows, in there and like, put but... the q-tip
0: thing in and yank it yes okay well, i've seen it it's i've seen it similar yeah, yes it. okay
2: mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah can can i come over for a wax party please <laughs> very
1: painful can we please do that next time and i will instagram live it <gasps>
2: okay As, well you have to participate but yes, <laughs> i'm
1: not waxing my nose hair i don't have a nose hair problem i it doesn't matter if
0: you have a problem trust me i'm not have waxing hair. my nose
1: hair now <laughs> i'm like now i'm like <laughs> I'm like feeling my nose hairs to see like
2: <laughs> oh, I guarantee you if I look up your nose right now ew. you've got nose hairs, well, done. I have nose hairs. Nose especially if you've never trimmed them some? yeah you have to have them right? Yeah, but whenever they stick out of your nostril it becomes a problem <laughs> trust
0: me I will be I will be waxing the nose hairs I can't
2: for wait now. to watch this I can't oh, wait for you to fun. participate
1: <laughs>
0: That was about as fun as finding my first gray hair. I was like, oh, this I did is find neat. another
1: gray hair actually on my head at work the other day. I was in the bathroom yeah. washing my hands. And I just looked up in the mirror and it was just right was there. Was it in your sideburn? It was like, no, it was in my hair. It was in my part. Oh. And I was like, mm-hmm. and I thought, where's Sarah? When you so need I, will, her. I will pluck your gray hair. <laughs> so I just hair. pulled it out with my own hands.
2: I, t- I sent you guys a picture of my first gray hair. You did. I did. It was a special moment. Hey, well,
1: yeah. <laughs> I do still get them in my... Your sideburns? My sideburns, It's yes. hurtful, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. yes your button chops. Them. Yes. I still... Yeah. That's where they grow. I don't know why. I don't know, girl. I'd rather have that than my hair, though.
0: Would you like for us to wax your button chops? No.
1: I will just tweeze them out. <laughs> 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 the two shots are hitting her right now. I just pictured, like, a full <laughs>
0: wax. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever get those rogue hairs that like grow out of a freckle? I do. Like I out of know. a mole? Yeah. Yes. I plucked them. Yeah. So that's what the nose hair felt like. Anyhow. <clears throat> I do I because like I have should two know.
1: beauty marks on my face inside
2: <laughs> it. Is that what your mom told you? <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. When moles grow. Me, I'm grow-
1: like moles.
2: Beauty marks. <laughs> when you have a mole on your face, it's called a beauty mark. Sure, 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 okay. sure, sure. That's yeah, what that's our moms what told, what told us is. when we were little. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even asking. I'm googling. <laughs> I've got a giant mole on the side of my it's a like beauty it's mark. basically in my sideburns, and it grows hairs. <laughs> several. We several hairs. We all have significant others because
1: we are making ourselves sound so attractive <laughs> right now. We are three
0: sister witches. <laughs> we really are.
1: A beauty mark is a Hairy euphemism moles. for a m- <laughs> it's euphemism, right? Yeah, it's a oh. euphemism. Like yes, it is a mole on your face, okay. but it's a euphemism. I call it a beauty mark. Oh, one right there, and I got one over here.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Me too. I've got one <laughs> beauty mark down here on my on my chin. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm like covered in freckles. and The uh, same.
1: I have a huge one on my side right here, and then I got another one like way up here.
0: Yeah, but they don't all grow. A huge
1: one, like <laughs> big moles. Yeah. Let me see.
2: <laughs> so that's us. <laughs> we just showed each other our moles. They're
0: all hairy, hairy moles.
2: <laughs> they are. That
0: means they're healthy. Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. All
0: right. Is that that's what how that we make means? ourselves feel better? <laughs> Anyhow, I wanted to share that with you because it was a moment that I laughed at myself.
1: That you thought of me. Thank you. <laughs> when,
0: when I didn't point out your cilantro on your teeth.
1: Yes, I still remember that. <laughs> That's what I. I was
0: like, this is what Lindsay felt like. Yes. Nobody this. told her, and I had this fucking giant hair on my nose, <laughs> and nobody was like, you know what, you should probably go take care of that. So.
2: Hmm. Thanks. That was karma. We'll wax it next time you're here.
0: I blame it on my hair
2: supplements that I've been taking. Actually, we're going on a little <laughs> trip to a haunted location. Maybe I should bring my wax kit there. Ooh. Oh, Do you think they have a microwave?
0: Yes. Probably. I do think so.
1: Anyhow. Anyhow.
0: Now that I have filled you all in on my nose hair debacle.
1: Thank you. What
0: shall we talk about tonight? Smorgasbord. We're
1: doing the smorgy, smorgy, smorg. I was waiting for it. Smorgy, smorgy, smorg. Ooh,
0: that sounds different. Thank you.
1: I just try to change it up every now and
0: then. I like it. Okay. Solo. We are
1: doing... <laughs> we just let her go. We're like, mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. the things in mm-hmm. all the places. And honestly, I feel like I don't really know what you guys are talking about it's because we don't... were all so vague about yeah. what we were talking about. Like, I don't
2: know how to explain. It's a thing. Well, well that's because also I thought that we were going doing a paranormal episode. So I yes. picked something and I did not use it for this episode. So... Now you really don't know what I'm doing. We really
1: don't know what each other is doing. Like even category wise, I'm not sure.
2: Well, that's not
0: always true because I did tell Boydston I was afraid she was going to do the same thing.
1: Because you guys have well, done that before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, it's fine. It's it worked out great. It worked out great. But I'd rather like collaborate <laughs> than and be listen. like, hey, yeah, I'd like to collaborate and listen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I Thank you. Thank you.
0: We're ready to spin.
1: I All right. Think. I am ready to spin because I want to hear what you guys are talking about
2: okay i am orange Lindsay. you're green okay. sarah you're purple green. Green-ish, thank you green 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 go 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 <sighs> so long.
0: i say that every time but like i cannot spin that That's long she said. <sighs> me yay, yay. it's me Boy, it's a me mario
1: dead well okay <laughs> that was bad <laughs> Please repeat. No. <laughs> uh, I feel uh, like uh, those two shots uh, 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 are hitting hitting now.
2: An hour later. I missed it the first time.
1: Nope. Mm. I said it. You'll get to hear it the second time when you edit this.
2: Welcome. So <laughs> it'll be a surprise. Mine is like an unsolved mystery. Shocked!
1: <gasps> <gasps> <I gasps> <am laughs> Because oh. I was going to do an unsolved mystery, and then it's I was like... very aggressive. No, they hate unsolved mysteries. Let's it's see, true. don't
2: do one. I like the show. Yeah, I don't usually like them, but if it's, you know, on my own accord, then I can do it. Oh, oh okay. okay. <laughs> Jinx. We all hang out. So
0: not when Lindsay much. does it, only when I do it. Okay, I got it. Basically. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. All right.
2: Well, on to me. Um <laughs> So Christmas Eve in nineteen forty five in Fayetteville, West Virginia, the Sauter family celebrated when okay, Lindsay knows (laughs) what this I know this story. I love this story and I've been wanting to do
1: it, so I'm glad you did it. Okay, perfect. Yay.
2: The Sauter family celebrated when Marion, the oldest daughter, surprised three of her younger sisters with new toys she had bought for them as gifts after her shift at a dime store. The younger children were so excited that they asked their mother if they could stay up past what would have been their usual bedtime. At 10pm, Jenny, the mom, told them that they could stay up a little longer as long as the two middle boys, who were still awake, remembered to put the cows in and feed the chickens before going to bed themselves. Their father, George, and the two older boys had spent the day working and were already asleep upstairs. After reminding the children of those remaining chores, she took her youngest child upstairs with her and went to bed. So the telephone rang around 1230 a.m. Jenny woke up and went downstairs to answer it. The cellar... The caller was a woman Mm -hmm. whose voice she did not recognize, asking for a name she wasn't familiar with, with a sound of laughter and clinking glasses in the background. Jenny told the caller that she had reached a wrong number, later recalling the woman's weird laugh when she said that. Jenny hung up and returned to bed, and as she did, she noticed that the lights were still on and the curtains were not drawn, two things that the children normally did whenever they stayed up later than their parents. Marian had already fallen asleep on the living room couch, so Jenny just assumed that the other children who had stayed up later had gone back up to the attic where they slept. She closed the curtains, turned out the lights, and returned to bed. At 1 a.m., Jenny was again awakened by the sound of an object hitting the house's roof with a loud bang and then a rolling noise. After hearing nothing further, she went back to sleep, and after another half hour, she woke up again smelling smoke. When she got up, she found that the room George used for his office was on fire, mostly around the telephone line and the fuse box. Jenny woke uh, him up, and he in turn woke his older sons up. Both parents and four of their children—they had nine—escaped no, the a, house. It's a lot of kids. They frantically yelled to the children upstairs but heard no response. They could not go up there as the stairway itself had already gone up in flames. So, one of the older boys said in his first police interview after the fire that he went up to the attic to alert his siblings sleeping there, um, but he later changed his story to say that he only called up there and didn't actually go up there and see him. Efforts to find and rescue the children were unexpectedly complicated. The phones didn't work, so Marion ran to a neighbor's house to call the fire department. George was barefoot, and he climbed the wall and broke open an attic window, cutting his arm in the process. He and his sons intended to use a ladder to the attic to rescue the other children, but it was not in its usual spot, resting against the house, and they couldn't find it at the time. A water bell that could have been used to extinguish the fire was frozen solid. George then tried to pull both of the trucks he used in his business up to the house and used them to climb to the attic window, but neither of them would start despite having worked perfectly during the previous day. So frustrated, the six remaining Sodders, who had escaped and had no choice but to watch the house burn and collapse over the next 45 minutes, Hmm. they assumed the other five children had died in the fire. The fire department, low on manpower due to the war and relying on individual firefighters to call each other, didn't respond until later that morning. Um, the firefighters, one of whom was a brother of Jenny's, could do little but really look through the ashes that were left of um, in the Sauter's basement. And by 10 a.m., the Sauters were told that they had not found any bones as uh, might have been expected if the other children had been in the house at, as it burned. According to another account, they did find a few bone fragments and internal organs, quote unquote, but chose not to tell the family.
1: Mm. Question would the organs not burn?
2: You would I assume so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I would assume that the bones would be the last thing
1: left. Or teeth.
2: Yeah. Nevertheless. Bones the... are teeth. That's, teeth are bones. That's true. <laughs> there they are. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Thank you. You're welcome. Nevertheless, the fire chief believed that the five children unaccounted for had died in the fire, suggesting it had been hot enough to burn their bodies completely, so including the bones. They were told to leave the site untouched, that the state fire marshal could do a more thorough investigation. But after four days, George and Jenny couldn't bear to look at the site anymore, and they bulldozed it, and their intent was to cover it and convert it into a memorial garden for the four lost children. So, before we get into what the theories are, here's a bit of background. George Sauter was born Giorgio Saru in Sardinia, Italy. He immigrated to the United States at 13, cleared customs at Ellis Island, and came to be known as George Sauter. He rarely spoke about why he left his homeland, but it was assumed that it was not on good terms. Mm. He met Jenny, um, also an Italian immigrant, in her father's store, and they married and settled in Fayetteville, which had a large population of Italian immigrants. George had strong opinions about many things, notably a staunch opposition to Italian dictator Benito Mussolini, and this led to arguments with other members of the community.
1: You're doing great on pronunciations. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
2: I always wanted to be Italian. And um, in, in Russian? And Russian and Australian. Uh, Australian and British, so anything but
1: you can't be <laughs> American.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Sometimes Canadian. Yeah,
0: <laughs> take me away, <laughs> um, take me away. <laughs> <laughs> oh <God>. no, <laughs> I knew exactly what song you were. Singing. Thank you, I do too. She but- set me up, <laughs> me up.
2: <laughs> I set you up. I'm good. In, I'm here. in <laughs> October 1945, a visiting life insurance salesman warned George that his house would, quote, go up and smoke and your children are going to be destroyed, end quote, attributing this all to, quote, the dirty remarks you have been making about Mussolini, end quote.
1: That is a threat, sir.
2: Very aggressive. Another visitor to the house, likely seeking work, took the occasion to go around to the back and warn George that a pair of fuse box- boxes would cause a fire someday. George was puzzled by the observation since he had just had the house rewired when an electrical stove was installed and the local uh, electric company said that it was fine. It was safe after that. In the weeks before Christmas that year, George's older sons had also noticed a strange car parked along the main highway through town. Its occupants um, watching the younger Sodder children as they returned from school. Creep. But back to the fire, a coroner's inquest suggested that the fire was caused caused by faulty wiring. Among the jurors of the inquest was a man who had previously threatened George for making negative remarks about Mussolini.
1: Faulty wiring that he just had redone, right?
2: Yeah, and the electric company said that was fine. Yeah. Okay. Death certificates were issued five days after the fire, and a funeral was held, but the parents were too grief-stricken to attend. Sure. But it didn't take them long to question the official findings. They noted that their Christmas lights remained on throughout the early stages of the fire and thought that it wouldn't have been the case if it was, in fact, an electrical fire. They found the missing ladder at the bottom of an an embankment 75 feet away. A telephone repairman told them that their phone line wasn't burned through in a fire, but had actually been cut. Mm, Suspicious. Suspicious. Jenny had trouble accepting that all traces of the children's bodies had been burned completely when many of the household appliances had actually been found still recognizable in the ash, along with fragments of the tin roof. She burned small piles of animal bones to see if they would be completely consumed, and they never were. So she was suspicious, you know, from the get-go. Of course. An employee of a local crematorium told her that human bones uh, remain even after bodies are burned for two hours at 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So this is obviously longer and hotter than a house fire could have ever been. Some accounts have suggested that the wrong number phone call to the solder house might have been somehow connected to the fire and the disappearance of the children. However, investigators later located the woman who had made the call, and she confirmed that it really was just a wrong number on her part, so she says. One witness said that she she was watching a fire, the fire from the road and claimed to have seen some of the smaller solder children peering out of a passing car. And, of course, those are the ones that didn't make it out of the fire. Right. Supposedly. Okay. So mm-hmm. she's saying that she saw them as a car drove by as she was watching the fire. Right. Like a distraction. Yeah. Another woman said that she served them breakfast the next morning at a rest stop. What? Additionally, the fire chief apparently admitted to a local minister that he had found a heart in the rubble and had taken it and buried it in a metal box in, this, in a secret location.
1: Again, hold up. A, wouldn't it have burned? if you're saying it's hot enough to burn the bones and b why would you not get that tested to see whose heart it was
2: right i feel like that's evidence and not just
1: like going to bury it in a field somewhere so
2: somehow george found out about this and he confronted him and the chief took him to the location and dug it up and it turns out it was actually whatever they dug up was fresh beef liver never in a fire um, he was basically basically trying to use it to convince the Sodders that the missing children did die in the fire.
1: Oh, so he, like, made the whole thing up. Yeah. Yes. Gosh, that's so mean to do to grieving parents.
2: A report came in about a sighting of one of the younger girls at a ballet in, NYC- in New York City. And so George drove all the way to New York City, repeatedly demanded to see the girl, but he was refused. I mean, I'm sure from the outside it probably sure. looked pretty creepy. Yeah, I get that. But... There was reports of her, or someone who looked suspiciously like her. And so, I mean, obviously the Sodders didn't give up hope even still. They had flyers printed with pictures of the children and a $5,000 reward offer that would later be doubled. They even put up a billboard at the site of their house that they rebuilt, uh, and another one along Route 60 with the same information. Mm. George followed up on leads in person, going to, you know, as far as Missouri, Texas, and Florida. They received a strange letter from someone who they believe was one of the missing boys, but were unable to obtain any further information. Um, Basically, the letter contained a picture of a, a man, a young man that looked, had similar features to one of the boys that were supposedly lost in the fire. And um, with it, it said the boy's name and that he loved Frank, which is one of the brothers. So they tried to follow up on it, but they didn't find anything else out. Mm. George kept searching until he died in 1969. And Jenny continued holding on to hope. She tended to the memorial garden next door to their rebuilt house. She wore all black and mourning constantly until she died in 1989. And after that, the remaining family finally took down the billboard. It was weathered by then, and they hadn't gotten anything substantial. Right. One of the kids is not, they just took the stance of, you know, the family needs to move on, like we're done here. Yeah. Yeah. But the rest of the family takes a stance um, of, we want to honor what our parents were searching for. And so the search still continues to this day
0: and maybe now in this day and age with like ancestry.com all that stuff
2: maybe it'll happen yeah
1: what are your thoughts about the kids
2: Um, I mean there is no evidence that they were in the fire so I feel like it was something against the dad you know he was super outspoken I feel like somebody came and maybe took the kids and they just haven't been found I agree. I don't think that they died in the fire. It's just I I would like to think like it's super simple and they died in the fire. But if there is no evidence, like they did excavations later on, Mm -hmm. like years, years later. And all they found were some lumbar vertebrae of the same person. It was a couple of vertebrae from the same person. And that person was estimated to be between 16 and like 20 something. But the oldest child missing was 14 yeah so
1: No, i'm with you i think that they weren't ever in the fire yeah for five bodies so just never found anything yeah yeah no matter how hot the fire was
2: and it seems like weird evidence was planted found something yeah it's totally just agree. i feel terrible for these parents it mm-hmm. feels like everything was just against them forever finding these kids yeah,
1: yeah. i agree it's a very sad case but very interesting yeah Thank you for covering that. I've been Uh, wanting to cover that for a while, but I just
0: haven't. There's so many things to talk about. I know. All right. Lindsay, heads or tails? Heads. Tails.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tails. Lindsay lost. I'm last.
0: All right. I'm going to talk to you guys about time slips. Are you familiar with this? Like a glitch in the matrix. Like a glitch in the matrix. I'm
1: familiar with that. I've never Uh, heard time slips before. Amazing. Boydson's really excited, I can tell.
0: So I wanted to kind of combine it with deja vu. Okay. But it turns out deja vu is a very researched topic, okay, meaning that they have to be two separate topics. They can't combine them. It's too big of a thing. So stay tuned. Okay. I'm so tened. we're doing time slips? I'm going to talk about time slips. Okay. Gotcha. Let's All do right. it. So time slips are a paranormal phenomenon when a person or group of people seem to travel through time, um, though, you know, it's unknown why, obviously. The real question is, if someone experiences a time slip, is it truly a time slip or are they seeing ghosts?
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh huh, Lindsay. I'm here you for me? it. I'm with so, you. I'm here.
0: They say that the main difference is that ghosts can travel across time periods. And in time slips, the living person is the one that travels across time periods. Mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. All right, so I just there's really not like a lot of research about time slips or time traveling or anything Imagine of that sort. That. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think it's one of those topics, like yeah. ghosts, like any, like aliens, like anything. It's always going to be questioned
2: uh-huh. by people like Lindsay forever. It's hard from to here quantify. to infinity. Yeah, exactly. From here to what?
0: Infinity <laughs> is what I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> it's a new term.
2: I love it. It means forever. It means forever.
0: Is that positive. what that
1: means?
2: Forever
0: T. Forever T.
1: Forever young I wanna be Forever young
2: Beautiful (laughs) I'm not cutting that out
1: (laughs) So when I start drinking more I get more singy More singy? I (laughs) singy I I (laughs)
0: singy I like your singing, Lindsay It's beautiful Thank you Okay um, Thank you There is a There's a famous story About time slips And it's Um the Moberly Jourdain incident.
1: I did not know of this.
0: <laughs> it's about two women named Charlotte Moberly and Eleanor Jourdain. I'm sure I'm butchering their names. So,
1: sorry. Doing right. uh,
0: they claim that they traveled through time and claim to have experienced a time slip into pre revolutionary France. Okay. From so, like, a long time ago. Okay. All right. I didn't go into detail because they read an entire book. And oh. I have other stories about it, yeah. Uh, the book, though, was obviously describing their experience, as I just said, and it's been pretty scrutinized, but like I mentioned, I feel like any experience is going to be questioned thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Another story, in January of 1950, a 55-year-old woman known as E.F. Smith was at a cocktail party. She attempted to drive home, but ended up in a ditch. Uh, she had to walk the rest of the way home. Mm. And as she approached the nearby village, she saw a bunch of lights moving in the distance. As she got closer to the light, she could see a group of shadowy figures carrying flaming torches. Okay. Uh, and this is her quote. They were obviously looking for their own dead. The one I was watching, the nearest one would bend down and turn a body over. And if he didn't like the look of it, He just turned it back on its face and went on to the next one. There were several of them. I suppose they were going to bury them. Um, She had come to the conclusion that she had somehow witnessed a group of Pictish warriors of the late 7th century.
1: How did she get that?
0: She recalled a bunch of tattoos on their bodies and was able to...
1: In the dark. Got it. Well,
0: the hand lights. Sorry. lights, okay. Sorry. <laughs> lights. <The> <laughs> <The worst>. okay. <laughs> I mean,
1: I'm just saying, if I time traveled, I would not be like, mm, yes, this I don't is think from it's... the 6th century.
0: No, I don't think you know it in that moment. <laughs> I think it was one of those things where you recognize things and then you think about it later.
1: Okay.
0: You're not like, yes, yes, I remember. And that looks like that. the 6th
1: century over there. It was
0: 685 AD. <laughs> All right. The next couple stories are from Reddit. I love Reddit. <laughs> but I feel like they're good They're good stories. So yeah. in 2015, my brother and I were doing our daily routine of waking up and smoking a cigarette on our back porch. Mm-hmm. I had my phone in my hand, and my brother had the cigarette in his. It was a fresh lit cigarette, and I had just looked at the time, and it was 8 a.m. Out of nowhere, I felt this odd sensation of whiplash and felt di- very disoriented and looked over at my brother. And at the same time, we both said, did you feel that? It was the craziest feeling, and when I looked down, I had the cigarette in my hand. It was burnt all the way to the butt, and he had his phone in his. The time was now 10 a.m., and we had lost two hours of time that morning, and neither has us have any explanation of this phenomenon. So that's kind of the more common story that I'm reading of these, what's your problem?
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I, I know an explanation for them. They were smoking weed, (laughs) and they lost track of time.
0: Maybe. (laughs) Every single person who's said that they've have you never lost track of time? That's never happened to
1: you? Not like that, where, like, I'm just like, where did the last two hours of my life go where I don't remember it? Lost track of time, yes.
0: Have you ever been driving somewhere and been like, oh, shit, how did I end up here?
1: Yeah, but I feel like that's kind of like auto – like, your brain goes on auto.
0: Maybe.
2: Maybe. Autopilot
1: almost. (sighs) Boydson, stop it. I, I was making a funny about them anything.
2: smoking weed. You're making a funny. Thank you for your funny. Thank you. It was absolutely hilarious. I almost pee my pants. You're
1: a liar and I hate you.
2: <laughs> Do you want me to just stop here? No, no, okay. no. It doesn't seem like we're interested in this amazing story. I
1: am, but they're like, we were smoking a cigarette and then two hours passed. I'm like, oh, maybe because there was something in the cigarette.
0: That doesn't happen. Were in they fact, just, like, zone time, out time feels like place? it takes forever. Okay. I've yeah, never smoked
2: weed, so I don't know.
0: No, it's like the opposite of, like, you feel like things are taking forever.
2: Also, you're the one putting words in their mouth. What if they were just smoking regular nicotine cigarettes? They could have been.
1: I was making a funny.
0: So funny. Thanks. (laughs) 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 Go on. I'm the jerk?
1: (laughs) Go on. (laughs)
0: Anyhow. Okay. This person says, Seriously, I don't believe in alternate realities or time slips. Got to throw that in there. But this is a 100% true story of me and my dad. They were just driving and they got lost. We saw a dinner with a few old cars out front and went in. On the jukebox was something old like doo wop music. Everyone was dressed like it was the 1950s and in their Sunday best. And it was packed. The whole place went from nosy and talking to each other and silent um except for the jukebox in the background everyone was staring at us like we were aliens i i noticed them all drinking from glass bottles that had coke or pepsi in it my dad was wearing overalls and i was in a white t-shirt um and also spider-man pajamas (laughs) (laughs) i don't think spider-man's from the 1940s or 50s oh good point that's true story Uh, We both got the feeling of, we don't belong here. We need to leave. My dad grabbed me, held me close, and he asked the waitress for directions. And she kept talking about dirt roads, like, turn on this dirt road, turn on that dirt road. But everywhere at that time was paved.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And he said he knew the place before it was paved. And, of course, they were dirt roads at the time. So Sure. He said, let's get out of here. He took him to the truck. They drove all the way home. They didn't say anything to each other. And then they finally pulled in and they were like, uh... Did this just happen? Yes, it did. They didn't want to talk about it for 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 the next whole day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then finally the mom was like, everything okay? And then they finally talked about it. And then they came to terms about like, did this just happen? Yes, it did.
1: I wonder if they ever tried to go back. I don't
0: know. They didn't say. So like most stories are just like like those little blurbs of like, "Yeah, this this happened? Did this happen? I don't know. Did that I don't know. I don't know. Times like. Time slip.
1: I keep wanting to um, Break out into song again But I'm not going to Is it about the Let's do the time time slip again It's not the time slip I know but I keep wanting to say time slip Because we're talking about time slip It's It's just a
2: jump to the left
1: Do you know what we're quoting said, No (laughs) Rocky Horror Picture Show
2: Never seen it
1: I've never really seen it either but I know some of the songs from it
2: Let's do
1: the time warp again There you go That's what it is It's okay. just a jump to the left mm-hmm. And then I'm out to the right She's doing a much better job than I could right now
0: <laughs> Yeah, I nailed that <laughs> Okay That's what I got for you about time slips Um, I'll break it down into deja vu Because that's a much more in detail story next time
1: It's interesting that there's a lot of research on it Like you said On deja vu
0: yeah, like I said, I wanted to include it, but it would have been way, way, way too long to include both. Yeah, I think this is a fascinating
2: topic. Cause, yeah. So, uh, scrolling through a TikTok, you'll see people every now and then be like, I just had like a glitch in the matrix. And then they explain it and you're like, oh, yeah, maybe they did. The thing is
0: about those those stories is that it's all like first person account. Like, mm-hmm. you have to trust their mm-hmm. their stories, so... I mean, I I really do think it's going to be one of those things that's never going to be proven or disproven. It's just. Right. You know, you got to believe people when they yeah. say. Same thing with deja vu. So deja vu, just a t- touch about it. Mm-hmm. I was reading about it and I started reading about how um it is a mild form of epilepsy. Jeez. <laughs> and I was like, hold up. I've had deja vu. Like
1: I have it all the time. All the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know. So I'm like, okay, no, I, we got to break this down. It's a little bit more.
2: Better start mm-hmm. taking your Keppra. <laughs> Give me some Depakoe.
0: I, I know. Anyhow, that's what I got. Just Thank interesting. You.
2: Food for thought. Fascinating. Thank you. I can't wait to hear about deja vu. Thank you. same. So I'm last. Well, yeah, we, didn't, we didn't we didn't spin our flip bitcoin. That's okay. Read Process the words, of elimination.
1: Angie. I got it. Okay. Have you guys heard? And this is a recent story. Like the most recent update is from it starts in twenty fourteen, but it goes over several years. So the most recent update is from twenty nineteen. So this is really recent. Have you heard of the Watcher?
2: Yes. <gasps> yeah. I yeah. almost did this.
1: Yay! Okay. Look at that. I almost did your story. You almost did mine. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to go ahead and shout out The Cut because they did a very good job covering this story. And then BuzzFeed Unsolved also covered it, which is where I first heard about it.
2: Thank you for reminding me. I want to shout out Wikipedia (laughs) for my story.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Wikipedia.
2: Okay. You read
1: it. (laughs) So The Watcher, we're going to start, like I said, June 2014, Westfield, New Jersey. So a new family moves into a new six-bedroom home at 657 Boulevard. So, it's Derek and his wife Maria brought us, and they have three children, aged five, eight, and ten. So, they moved into this home. It was their dream home, because it was close to Maria's childhood home, and at the time, Westfield was the 30th safest town in America. Okay. So, right after they closed, they were going to do some- pretty high up there. Yeah, it is pretty high up there. All the cities in America? Yeah. So, they were going to do some construction. So, three days after they closed, Derek was over at the house painting- um, and he went to check the mail and found a white envelope addressed in thick, clunky handwriting to the new owner. So it was typed inside. And I'm, all of these letters are very long, so I'm just reading some ex excerpts excerpts, excerpts. from them. Yep. The creepiest parts. Okay. So it starts off. Dearest new neighbor, and this is all quotes. So quote, dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one of them. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think that there are three that I have counted. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. I see already that you have flooded six hundred fifty seven Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the houses it was supposed to be. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make six hundred fifty seven Boulevard unhappy. Welcome, my friends, welcome. Let the party begin. Okay, great. <laughs> And it was signed in cursive, The Watcher. Creepy. So this is late at night. Derek is at the house by himself. He freaks out. He turns all of the lights off inside so that way nobody could see into the house. And he calls the police. So a police officer comes by. He reads the letter. And he asks Derek, you know, do you have any enemies? Is there anybody you would suspect? And he recommended moving a piece of construction equipment in the back porch in case the watcher tried to toss it through a window. Which is like, it's a very oddly specific request. Kind of struck me as weird, but whatever. So Derek goes home. He contacts the previous owners, John and Andrea Woods. So they had lived there for 23 years. They were like, no, we never got any letter. We never felt like we weren't safe in our home. They said they rarely locked their doors. But they did get a letter a few days before they moved out. And they thought it was weird, so they just threw it away. Nobody knows what that letter says. So now they go to the police with the Woods. And the next day... And the police are like, don't mention it to anyone because anyone could be a suspect. It could be any of the neighbors. So just keep it quiet. So meanwhile, Derek and Maria, they continued to visit the house. It's still going um, through some renovations. And at one point, a couple was chatting with them in the yard, one of the neighbors, and said, quote, it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood. So they were like, that put them on guard. So the contractor said he arrived to the house one morning to see that a sign he had to hammer in was ripped out overnight. At one point, they went to, like, a neighborhood barbecue party, and one of their neighbors who lived two doors down told them about the Langfords who lived in between them. So this is their next-door neighbor. They were elderly in their 90s, but they had adult children in their 60s who still lived with them and described them as odd. And one of the adult kids, Michael, was described as, quote, kind of a Boo Radley character, end quote. Mm, okay. I should put shout-out to my favorite book of all time who is that to
2: kill a mockingbird oh i've read that i should have known that i did know that that's the only book i think i've ever read (laughs) oh please (laughs) that makes me so sad (laughs) it should
0: not make you sad (laughs) i don't care
1: (laughs) i read like 14 books in the month of march (laughs) i don't know i don't know what to tell you
0: (laughs) i just don't like to read okay so
1: Describing him as a Boo Radley character, which if you have not read the book, you should. But if you have, Boo Radley is a unique character. So um, Derek goes to the police again about this. And the police bring Michael Langford into interview. He denied knowing anything about the letter. um, But the reason they suspected him was because the timeline lined up with what the letter said. So the elderly Langford passed away 12 years ago, which would have been about two decades Um, They were the only neighbors who had been there since the 60s when the watcher said he started. So that's why they suspected him. Mm -hmm. So about two weeks later, they get another letter. And this one was way creepier. So it had their family name in it, even though it was misspelled. Um, It had the children's nicknames in it. So not just their names, but like their nicknames that they were called by their parents. And then it had their birth order in there as well. So the watcher also talked about watching their daughter who painted on the enclosed porch. So here's some little bit of peace from their quote. The workers have been busy and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time, they will.
0: Very ominous. What's in the walls, guys?
1: What's in the box? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. Okay, creeper. (laughs) More. Here we go. Quote, Uh -uh. all of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I passed by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Bradus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. Right. Got it. He's watching. I don't like this... Side note, I don't like this phrase young blood. <laughs> it's very weird to me. <laughs> yeah, he keeps talking like I don't know. He's just creep all around. Yeah. So after they get this letter, they stopped bringing their kids to the house. they were like, "No, we got to protect the yeah, kids." Sure. They stopped moving in completely and bringing their stuff over. Still went forward with renovations. Um police looked at both letters. They found no fingerprints. Derek installs webcams and security cameras outside. He would spend nights in the dark watching the house to see if anyone would, like, approach it or approach the mailbox. Never saw anything. Even hired a private investigator to stake out the neighborhood and run background checks on the Langfords, but nothing came back. Really important. Um, Derek had an old friend who was a former FBI agent, and they conducted, like, a threat assessment studying the letters They did notice that there were several old-fashioned verbiage, so I don't know if you can kind of tell by what I've been reading, but it's very, like, old-fashioned-y, the way that it's very Mm -hmm. formal. They would address it as M.M. brought us, like the Mm old-fashioned salutations instead of, like, Mr. and Mrs. Mm -hmm. So a few weeks after this, they get a third letter, and it says, where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. Mm. Okay. So... Westfield, like I said, it was a safe town, 45 minutes outside of New York. It's got about 30,000 people there who are mainly wealthy white families. Real estate is really competitive here. Most people go to the suburbs. People have gotten into bidding wars, and their home is one of the most desirable homes in town. So remember that. So the Woods said that they received multiple offers on the house above asking price. So originally they thought maybe the watcher is someone who bid on the house and lost and they're just jealous and they're trying to get people to leave. Um, but they said the woods were like, well, no, one buyer backed out because he had like some medical diagnosis and backed out because of that. And the other buyer found another home and backed out. So They're like, there's no one who really backed out that would want the house. So then they thought maybe it's one of the neighbors. So. The broadest family, they're kind of, like, instigating, so they decide to send a letter to the Langfords basically saying that they're going to tear down the house, trying to get a response from the watcher. And they got nothing. Uh, Michael came in for a second interview, but then the family started protesting this, and they're like, you're harassing him for no reason. You have no evidence, which I kind of get. So they looked at other people, too. There was two child sex offenders within a few blocks, but those didn't pan out either. Um, They did eventually find DNA on one envelope that belonged to a female, but did not match the only female living in the house, which was Abby Langford, and that's Michael's sister. So it didn't match her. So some more interesting stuff. Um, The easel on the porch, when he referenced watching the daughter, was hidden from the street by vegetation. So someone would have to be basically right up against the window or right by the house to see it. Which the Langfords would have had access to because they were right next door. Yes. So the family is going through a lot of paranoia, obviously. They're scared out of their minds. They were both going through some depression. They were both seeing therapists for it. Um, So they decided finally to sell the house after six months. So they never moved in. They moved back in with Maria's parents and were just paying the mortgage on it every month. And they're like, we can't keep affording to do this. So they put it up for sale, but buyers were hesitant to buy it because the story was getting around and it was becoming a national sensation. Yes. So then the Broaddus family sued the Woods family for failing to disclose the threatening letter they received days before moving out. Mm. They had an alarm system put in, cameras installed, but were very fearful for the safety of their children and therefore did not move in. So here they are, they're losing money, they're paying mortgage, they're not living in the house, so their real estate lawyer was like, hey, why don't you sell the house to a developer, tear the house down, and make it into two separate lots, because it was such a big lot. But this would require an exception from the town, because the two smaller lots were just short of the mandated feet apart that houses had to be. And by, like, just short, I mean, like, two or three feet. Like, it was real minimal. So... At this point, you know, we're in 2016, 2017, and everyone's on Facebook and social media, and people are going nuts. Pointing fingers, they have the planning board decides to meet in January 2017 to decide about the lot and the exception, and more than a 100 neighbors showed up and were fighting against this. They did not want to divide the lot. They did not want the house torn down. They wanted to preserve it, and they were just focused on... Like, I can't with suburbia, guys, because it says, quote, they were focused on knocking down trees and aesthetically unpleasing front-facing garages.
2: Oh, my gosh. Super important.
1: Quote, our neighborhoods are constantly under attack from turf, lights, parking decks, you name it. If we can't make a stand on Boulevard, where can we? Okay. End quote, I put, okay, Karen. Right. (laughs) Deal with it. (laughs) They said that the proposal would, quote, spell the end of the 600 block of Boulevard as we know it, end quote. Like a hundred people showed up to protest this. Wow. Oh, when these okay. this family's being harassed. That's sad. Yeah.
2: They don't care. Yeah. So
1: the neighbor across the street was the only one who spoke up who said, has anybody thought about whether or not, like, this lunatic has been caught? Right. But then he also said, quote... Putting up two houses there is going to stick out like an old client of mine in Texas told me. It's going to stick out like a dog's balls. Oh. Okay, wait. <laughs> I
0: was on his side, but now I feel confused.
1: <laughs> right. I was on his side, but then I was like, but then he also said, no, that's going to yeah. look weird. Okay, no. So after hours and hours, literally, like, they made their decision just before midnight, the board unanimously rejected their proposal So the Broadduses were crushed because they had basically lost like hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point on this house and on the renovations, on everything. So at one point they had had a priest come out to bless the home and the priest was at this hearing and he said, I think the human element of the story was kind of lost on the neighbors. Absolutely. And I would agree with him there. So, shortly after this, they finally found someone to rent the house who did not have, like, young kids living with them. Yeah. Had two dogs. And so, they put a clause in the lease that if they got any letter at any time, they could get out of the lease. Good. Um, to kind of protect them. So, within two weeks, that family got a letter. Oh, jeez. <clears throat> Quote, the vile and spiteful Derek and his winch of a wife, Maria.
2: Oh, oh God. That wench. <laughs> I'm saying this Who old timing language.
1: Right. Winch of a wife. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. Ugh. <laughs> this person. I know. Then he also warned of revenge against them. Quote, Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. You are despised by the house and the watcher won.
0: So basically any anything negative He's is going to be related to him.
1: Right. He's saying, like, I can take revenge on you in any way I want. That's just a fear tactic, I feel like. Yeah.
0: In my personal opinion.
1: And then he ended it with, you wonder who the Watcher is? Turn around, idiots. I thought of Dwight. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Turn around, idiot!
1: (laughs) Turn (laughs) around, idiot.
0: (laughs) You're right. It's Dwight. It's me.
1: Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the Watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. He sucks guys that's all i have to say he mm. sucks
0: i picture him like a little tiny per- like a person with no soul behind right. the computer like <laughs> just right sure it it's, it's dwight. yeah it's
1: dwight all right so the renters agreed to stay even with the letter and they installed even more cameras around the house so the final subject or the final suspect was the broadnesses themselves what <laughs> what, what? Ooh, so, people mystery. thought that it was Aww. suspicious. So, they had moved from a $315,000 house to a $770,000 house to this house, which was $1.3 million. Okay. All within a few years. So, like, where's all this money coming from? So, they thought maybe they had buyer's remorse and they were in over their heads. And knew they couldn't afford it, so they made up this whole scheme of letters to get out of it and blame okay. it on someone else. Sure, sure. They also kept renovating the house even after they knew they weren't moving in; like renovations continued. Who knows? They received several movie <laughs> offers, but they refused all of them. And I think this is kind of a far-fetched theory because, if, even if they did this themselves, they probably were never thinking that it would go as viral as it did or get movie yeah offers. That's yeah. a very far-fetched thing right so derek said he did um a story with the cut like i said and it was kind of his first time talking about it he was quoted as saying there is a natural tendency to say i've lived here for 35 years nothing's ever happened to me like this is what the neighbors were saying that they felt safe everything was fine what happened to my family is an affront to their contention that they're safe that there's no such thing as mental illness in their community people don't want to believe this could happen in westfield right which i get what he's saying so a few families did receive envelopes in their mailboxes. And this is the biggest thing that says the Broadduses are, you know, culprits of this. Mm. So a few families received envelopes in their mailboxes long after this, hand-delivered to those who had been the most vocal in criticizing them online. It accused the families of speculating inaccurately about them, signed, friends of the Broadest family. And Derek admitted that he wrote them and delivered them. And he said it was basically just years of frustration. He just wanted to say something to them. So people were like, he did these letters. Maybe he did the other letters. but I
0: mean, I, I can see that. I I mean, I can see that. It's kind of weird.
1: It is weird. But I can also see where he was probably just, like, being slammed online. And I can see why he was probably frustrated and retaliated. Probably shouldn't have done that. But yes, no, he I should not it. have done that. Yeah. Um, so the final letter was short and sweet and to the point that basically said, you're despised by the house and the watcher won. So where we are in 2019 the house finally sold in 2019 for the loss of the family. It was so they bought it for 1.25 million or it was listed in 2016 for 1.25 million after they did the renovations and it sold for 959,000. Ooh. In 2019. Yikes. Yikes. So they lost a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. So, because of this, they are working with Netflix to sell their story. Oh. Probably to make up good. all of the money that they lost. Apparently Universal, Warner Brothers, Paramount, Amazon, and Fox were all vying for it and Netflix won. So be on the watch out.
2: I mean, I'd watch, Interesting. I would I watch it. Interesting. I definitely would too.
1: And you can look at the house on Zillow like it's beautiful. It's a beautiful house. Interesting. It's just very sad that they basically it's a stalker. Yeah, had a stalker run them out of the house before yes. they even moved in. Right. And lost Good. hundreds of thousands of dollars because of it.
0: Stalkers, Dwight Schrute.
1: <laughs> and they still don't know
0: who the watcher is
1: or was. Hmm and so far the new family who moved in in 2019 has not heard from him.
2: Interesting. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Maybe it was a family.
1: (laughs) Might have been. Who knows? Who knows? But people suspect them because now, oh, Netflix is going to do a story on you. You did this for attention. I'm like... Maybe like years later. They lost... Right. This is years later and they lost so much money. You would have had to have so
0: much money saved up before that so that you didn't go broke. I mean...
1: I highly doubt they'd be do starting out thinking, I bet Netflix is going to buy this for me in four years. <laughs> maybe they were trying to, like, an updated Amityville. Mm. That's what they were saying. Maybe this is publicity. Maybe this is attention. Reading his article that he did with the cut, I don't that believe it? it. Yeah. I mean, he just sounds very sad and talks in detail about the depression he went through and the ptsd his wife still has because mm. they were terrified for their kids lives sure. i can imagine yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah. i know yeah. i don't think anyone any parent would do
0: that right yeah you're right no.
1: it, i just thought it was an interesting story so very cool. Cool. sorry it was a bit long guys i know it was it's okay was oh. a lot of info great job so thanks so much guys for tuning in for our smorgasbord story you can always catch us at the tipsy find all of our socials from there or send us an email at the tipsy ghost at gmail.com
2: please give us a five-star rating and a great review on apple Podcasts. we would greatly appreciate it
1: all right guys thanks so much for tuning in we will catch you next week
2: okay bye bye, bye.